Hey up you lot and welcome to episode five of the 2021-22 season of the Forever Forest podcast. We've had a week of enjoying watching England play with unity and attacking purpose. Well, maybe one of us hasn't been on the pod, but you'll come to that in a minute. Uh, now we're back to talking about the stark contrast that is Nottingham Forest Football Club. I'm your host, Freebs, and joining me this week to talk about the search for that elusive win are a Forest fan that needs no introduction. So it's Lisa Fox. Good evening. Evening, Lisa. I just people always do that when they do an introduction. I thought, no, she cannot have one. Uh, next up, he was signed in the summer, but has been in isolation and away on international duty, so not able to play until today, which is more than some of our players. It's Joe Freeman, not Doogie's son, Friedman. Hi, Joe. All right, all right. The real person. And he didn't have any breakfast this morning. There you go, some news for you. Uh, and as promised, it's the start of the new month and he's back to cast his eye over the month just gone and his thoughts and musings on a possible way out of this mire. It's Mr. Steve Corey. Hello, Steve. Hey guys, good to be back. Yeah, it's nice to have you. I wish we could talk about something better, mate, but you know, it's uh, it's the thing we signed up for, wasn't it? Um, as always, I'll be doing a test with the guys on forest knowledge. Well, I say, uh, as always, I think once it was about the Kardashians and uh, this week it's going to be pick a pick a random football thing. And, and one of them is about Messi and Ronaldo, which we never hear about them these days. Uh, and at the end, but also we need to discuss the horror show that is this season so far. So in a really nice, tiny nugget of a nutshell, summing up a whole month and potentially ever since we spoke to him, Steve, Part of your new role on the pod is obviously you get a lot more time for fishing and drinking ale, obviously, which is lovely uh, now, <laughs> is coming on and telling us what you think of the month that's just gone. So in that nutshell, as I mentioned, August and the first two weeks of September, your thoughts? Dog meat. Right, moving on. That's... Uh, yeah. What what brand? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's cheapest. Oh, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's just, it's just horrendous. Um and I won't go on too long about it because it's just echoing the thoughts of everyone. It's just woeful. But last time we spoke, we don't think we'd had much in terms of the, the football. It was early days, wasn't it? So I don't know if we just had cover, I think, when, when we spoke to you. I thought it was around. Yeah, I think so. So even then, I was looking at that going, um, I genuinely, first half, went, this is a bit different, look a bit different. Something's happened here. And since then, we've seen late goals. We've seen, I mean, granted, we haven't had any hidings apart from Wolves, which was obviously a different thing. I mean, overall, with what you see as the manager, I always consider you the voice of reason. I think a lot of people do on Twitter. I've seen people going, if Steve says it, we'll be all right. So keep that up. Um, as the voice of reason officially, uh, have you got an unreasonable voice on this one? Uh, no, I'm, I, in the piece I wrote today, I'm just, I'm just devoid of ideas. I just, uh, I'm, I'm speechless. And it's just, I've got no clue as to, to who they should appoint if the manager goes. No clue what formation. It, it just seems that whatever we do, we're flawed. And for the first time ever, I'm just like, it's, you know, it's a bit like Ghostbusters where they're, they're you know, they think about you're supposed to clear your mind and one of them thinks of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I'd have been great at that because it's just a blank canvas. I just, I'm there. It's just a cloud. I'm, I'm yeah, done. I thought I thought about it tonight because for those of you who listen to both, I couldn't make it on the show with Lisa on the, on the BBC, and I, I was listening, just thinking, I I feel bad because I can't think of a way to stop it. Because part of me is going, am I just being a sport Brax, my football team and winning? And I think, well, no, because they've been bad before. They've also been all right. Most football teams aren't good most of the time, are they? Really, whoever you support. And it's kind of like, okay. And then I'm thinking, the manager thinking, if Guardiola was here, would he change this? Is it the player? We're going to come to all that as well. But I, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm kind of going. 
I don't know. I'm never going to give up on them because we've signed that contract yeah. with the devil. Um, but uh, again, we've, you know, I'm in some ways kind of happy for Joe and not happy for Joe that he's that younger fan who's gone. You haven't had to see some of the, you know, what they call the old sweats. Joe used to say to me back in the starting days going, Oh, you don't remember seven season all that. Cause they're all from Cornwall apparently. And um, you know, and I thought like, well, no, I don't. And I missed it. But now I feel like I'm going to be doing that to you by going 96, mate. I'll tell you what. 97. Ooh, should have seen Pierre in his day. Um, so, Joe, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Sunday, as it were. Uh, we were winning. Uh, actually winning, Joe, 1-0 up. And, uh, where, where did all that go wrong, in your uh, in your opinion? Your no-breakfast opinion? Well, I, the thing was, I actually thought it was a really good goal that we scored. It was low linking up with Johnson really well and uh, grabbing, playing a bit deeper. And that meant he arrived late in the box and scored a really nice goal. Then that was it. <laughs> we scored that goal and then stopped playing, basically. Cardiff bullied us all over the pitch. I did enjoy seeing a bit of a battle with Taylor and Flint in the first half. Because I think for too long we've seen Graben up front and not really giving centre-halves much to deal with. And I thought Flint and uh, Taylor had a proper battle. But as soon as we came out after half-time and they brought more on, Changed the game and Forrest didn't have Who's Moron? When did he come on? Moron. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the manager of Forrest. That's Hewton. He's uh, Welsh. He's not used to be like that about him. Yeah, but go on. No, it's no, no, so I, frustrating. It, so it, frustrating. But then, you know, we're all armchair managers, but you know, when you see that happen and you see how it changed, what do you do you then make a change or do you just because I know it's easy to do because we've had this thing we were saying last, last week on the pod about there's a big difference between an agenda and a critique. And mm. some people, you know, if Chris Hewton now won all the games and went up, there's still be people going, he's rubbish. He's still going to get us relegated from the Premier League. There are those differences. People, we're all like that. It's how football fans can be, well, you know, within diff- different levels of it. But it's just like, did you not think and look at that and go, it's happening again? Or what can't he see that we can see? I look at him and I am baffled because I've noticed this a few times this season. When you watch him on the sideline and then you watch the opposition manager, so Big Mick McCarthy on Sunday, uh, the other managers this season Mark Robin at Coventry he was all over they're animated they're lively they're all over they're barking instructions their coaches are with them they're, they're telling their players what they want how to change things up Hewton stands there with his arms folded it's so annoying to watch it's like do you care because you just stand there and it looks you're quiet you're not shouting you're not pointing I get sometimes you don't need to shout to get your point across but you want to see him instructing the players because it looks like they're going out without, without any instructions almost. Well, it's just that this is going to be one of them classic before ones, but I'd have to say that the, and we will get through a podcast without mentioning Brian Clough. Uh, Lisa, I remember Brian Clough doing cartwheels and going crazy. I always got the feeling with him. It was all, you remember even, what was it? Um, 91, wasn't it? When we had the FA Cup went to extra time and Cloughy didn't even bloody move. I mean, no. some people said he should have done. That was one manager, not to poo-poo it, Joe, who didn't actually do a lot of that. Whether it was Taylor often more we did than him. But it could be, it still doesn't even look though, Lisa, does it? Like it's going in at half time and he's giving them a rollicking and they're coming out going, bloody hell, Uncle Chris is angry with us. You've got to, you've, you have got to wonder. Let's, let's just address the first point there in that you're, you have a manager who has got a game plan before the game starts and he tells the 11 players what their jobs are. They should know that. So why should he be then ranting and raving on this, on the touchline? Um, they've got a job. They're all professionals. They know what they're doing. That, that for me is kind of, you know, 
I expect that at Charlie's age, at the age of 17, 18. Do you think footballers get away with that too much? Do you think footballers hide behind a manager quite easily because they know... Totally. Some of our players do. Our our players are not um, without criticism this season because, um, you know, at the end of the day, one of the questions I was asked earlier um, was, are are our players still behind the manager? Um, I think the majority of them actually are, um, but there's one or two that are very much stand out that, or not. Um, and at the end of the day, they're being paid to do a job um, and they've got to get on with it. And that, you tell know, me, tell me a player that you think is not playing for that manager in your view of watching it, who the fans aren't getting at. Because the, the reason I say it is because for me, I'm going to come to it later on about James Garner, or you talk about someone like Johnson and Mighton for me have really underperformed a bit this season from how good we think they are, but you're not allowed to say it because they're one of our own. You know, it's, it's kind of what we do. So do you, do you think there are play- Oh, you're right. Don't have to name names. I'm not trying to pull you out on some agenda. It was more your opinion on what you've seen on the pitch, but is it a thing where you think there are players you definitely don't think are doing that, but the fans just let it go because they're either favourites or what? I mean, I'll defend Scott McKenna till the end of the earth, but you know. Um, I think our fans are blinkered sometimes. And um, I, I, I include myself in that, you know, I'm, I'm try- I always try and be as positive as I can be. Um, but it's not fun, is it? You know, we go and and we did the, the creation for that goal was great, but we then we saw Graben dropping deep very very early on. But actually, he is very astute in what he does, um, and he dropped dropped deep, came in late, Lowe's ball in was absolutely pinpoint, and Graben was there, and that's what you expected of of him. And two seasons ago, we had Lewis Graben that was creating stuff for himself out of nothing because we didn't have the creativity around him. Now we have got the creative players, but he's still doing it. He's still having to drop deep and he's still having to try and create the play for himself, which, I mean, yesterday you see the, you see the 11 that's out there and you, you're saying, you know, are we going 4-4-2? Are we going um, 4-3-5? What, 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 how are we going to set up? And that goal actually came from being set up in a way that he, he dropped deep, Taylor was where he should be, low, and Johnson linked up really well. And it was a, it was a great goal to, to actually watch. But like Joe said, they then just stopped playing. Um, and to go back to the original question with regard to our manager and being animated on the sideline, um, you do have to ask the question as to what, you know, you're going in yesterday, 1-0 up at half-time, the performance was pretty decent. We did match Cardiff light for light first half. Um, they switched it up second half and we switched it long ball. And when you're playing against the likes of Aiden Flint, it's not going to work because we're not putting it through the channels. We're not using our players to their strengths. And whether that is the manager saying it or whether that's the players deciding they're going to do that instead, I think it's it's a 100% responsibility of all of them. It's not You can't just pick one person or you can't just, just blame Hewton. No, because I think it's... <laughs> This is one of the problems with social media, isn't it? Is that obviously there's camps and there's, uh, you know, I don't mean the Lee camp family. I mean, you know, we all get stuck in them and it's, you know, and it is hard to shake. I mean, I was the, the, what the last, uh, last season was Christy, wasn't it? I, I mean, that's, we did this pod with Alan and the lads, Steve, and I, I was always going, I just can't, the stats are just horrendous. The man can't cross a ball. And, and, it, and but then look what happened. And you've got to be able to say with football, it's it's an opinion, but you have to keep your eyes open, otherwise it never really changes. But in fact, just to sort of further on from this, and I'm going to use a bit of a, a bit of what people talk about on the socials as well, which again is kind of a bit like 
<clears throat> you know, <laughs> using really, really rubbish things to build a house with in some ways. But it's all Hewton's fault, Steve. He, he never changes. He's passed it. He, he did he did start two strikers on Sunday, but one sort of fell a bit deeper, so it was the same. Is is it always, you know, the manager always seems like an easy thing to fire at because of all the things we mentioned about his kind of animation or the way that he's, you know, he talks. And I think we're missing all that stuff now. People used to go on about, he's such a nice guy. That had been mentioned for a long time because we realised that guy's probably come last. With your experience of all of the level you played at, how are the players looking at that now in terms of what they face? Or do they just think, it's all right, he'll get sacked, somebody else will come in. It's all right, we'll just still get our wage. Uh, I would imagine that they're looking more at the club than the manager um, because you know that's the elephant in the room if you look at the club we are a destroyer of worlds and and, and great people and characters and players we're you know we're the, we're the club that played Grant Holt on the right wing we're, we're the club that you know has well Stuart Pearce was never a manager in my eye but <laughs> that persuaded Stuart Pearce never to manage again we're the club that you know Persuaded Martin O'Neill never to manage again. We blinded George Boyd. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, we just, we are the destroyer of world. It's so poisonous and dangerous for any. And you know what? I don't I don't support what Harry Arter did or allegedly said, but did he have a point? You know, did he have a point and think, you know, I've got here. Wow. This is this is a bad egg. <laughs> The reason, um, the reason I think that hearts hurt us in in that sense is we can't escape that shit. We can. It's easy for him to say, "Don't come here." And he, you know, where there is a point, I guess it's a bit like Joe Kinnear. Do you remember when he said, "I don't care about this European Cup shit"? He really did have a point. But mm. at the time, we were going, "Hold on, we're Nottingham Forest." Yeah. So I, I think that's been, yeah, that's been half half the problem. We've dined out on that far too long. We all know that, and we've been arrogant enough to to think that that will carry us forward. Games changed, no. Um, but yeah, to answer your question. I think players are intelligent enough, especially Joe Lolly, <laughs> to to then look over the manager's head and look at the club and say, why is this continually happening? And then, you know, you look at Chris Hewton, he took two sides up from different ends of the country, different fan demographics, you know, Newcastle and Brighton. I think, no, he's not a bad manager overnight. But we seem to make bad players, bad managers and everything. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I think they're looking you know, a little, a little deeper than, than the manager. Well, I guess there's an element that most footballers are just doing their job day and day out. So say you play for Ipswich right now and you're digging away at your career or you're not in the team. You're not scouring the leagues, looking at the team's ethos. You're not going, yeah, I'd go to Morecambe, but they seem to be, they drink the wrong tea for me or Forest. Have got, you know, so maybe it is a bit of a culture shock when people come in and find that there's a fans. We said this on one of the pods that you weren't on, Steve. Our Forest probably more so than a lot of other clubs have got these generations of European Cup fans, maybe some FA Cup fans from the 50s. You've got the my kind of generation, which is too late for Europe, but saw the 90s, late 80s. Then you've got like Joe, Zage, you were going, Colchester, yeah, what a win. You know, and it's mixing that all together does, and then adding it in social media. It's it's a it's a toxic mix. That wasn't really a question. That was more of a comment. Really catching you up today, um, Joe. It's again. This is what we're talking about regarding individual players. And I try and phrase this in this question where it isn't actually an attack on it. It's more of a association with. I think a lot of the time we do the podcast to sort of often help people in a way and go, guys, you don't have to always look at it like that. But fans have gone absolutely crazy for James Garner. It's a name, even when we brought out beautiful kits, I was seeing, is Garner signing? 
Is James Garner signing? It was almost like there was no other player who could ever play for Forest and save us. He's going to save our season. He's the saviour. I'm not trying to pick on him. Um, you know, he's not the cause of the issues in any way, but just bringing it up as an idea. Have we seen anything from him since he's come back, really? I mean, it's, it's just as an overall example of this player that everybody just thought was going to save us. He could be forgiven for thinking he's not played in the in the first two games that he's been here for. The Derby game, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything bad, but he didn't do anything good either. So I think I think he, uh, people look back at last season with roast tinted glasses from the way that he came into the squad that was as low as it could have got. Well, and added that little bit. Well, and added that bit of quality, and I think that has gone in his favour coming back this season. People think he's going to offer something. Maybe the, maybe he can offer it. He's been true. He plays for Manchester United. He trains with some of the board's best players. So there's clearly a player there. But these last two games, it's not been the player we saw last season. It just bothered me that one. I know I'm open to you, Lisa and Steve. It's it's you know why you know me well enough. I'm not getting at James Garner, but do you know what I mean? It's like is that a lad who's now going? This is a different club to even last season. This is, you know, I don't know, because he had options to go the places, didn't he? I'm going to open up to the two of you. It's like, it's not picking, you know, the Calvalio thing seems to have calmed down a bit now. Not everyone seems, it's almost like people have gone, oh, he's probably a bit shitter than we thought. I don't know. Um, sorry, Aaron on radio for listening. Um, Lisa, Steve, I mean, what do you think of this? Is it just a, is it a fans thing that we're in such a panic that we're just going, bloody, get anyone? Yeah. Is it? Is it? I mean, last when we brought Garner in, we brought Kravinovic in at the same time. Was it the fact that they connected so well together in the positions that they played in that only signing one of them has shown up weaknesses in Garner's game that we didn't notice before? Um, you know, that ultimately we have got issues pretty much all over the pitch at the minute. You know, we've got creative players that aren't creating. We've got defensive players that aren't defending. We've got a goalkeeper that is conceding silly goals pretty much every game. And we've got strikers that aren't scoring. Um, so you can't just pick out Garner and say Garner's not doing his job. I think you've got quite a lot of players that aren't doing their job at the minute. No, and you, you know where it's coming from more the point of that we've clung to that. I don't, I don't personally think for a minute James Garner's sitting there thinking these fans think I'm going to save him and I can't do it on my own. I equally don't think he's a bad player overnight. I think he's way better than a lot that we've got. So is, has there been a change maybe to you, Steve? Has there been a change in the way we've kind of even played from last season? Because I can't really see it. Well, it just seems to coin my favourite phrase, Groundhog Day. It's yeah, and as I say, maybe and maybe alluding to what I said, maybe we are such destroyers of worlds that we have <laughs> poisoned Mr. Garner. I don't know. It's just it, it just seems like a rot that spreads through. And um, it's funny what you just said, there, Lisa, about about Samba. Um, I've obviously been commentating on a few games, and I thought Horvath in the Wolves game in the cup was outstanding. I know he conceded four. I just thought his all-round game was fantastic. And I thought in what way what I'd thrown him in. He wasn't on a lot of stuff. What way do you mean? Was it like a presence thing or just a command or yeah, basically all-round game. So goalkeeping, you know, you know, you you know the crack. It's like some guys are good shot stoppers, but he was he was making great his distribution, his positioning, you know, his his commanding of the area. He just looked like an international footballer, which he is. Um, he looked like a great assertive goalkeeper, and I, I, I would have thrown him in, if, if only to, to raise the benchmark for for Samba to say because I think Samba's a great goalkeeper, but I just think he's so laid back mm. that he's just thinking ah whatever, um, you know. So 
yeah, that one that, that Lisa alluded to there, I, I would have thrown him in, but, you know, we can go on all day about every position and... It, you know, it's, just, I'm not going to ask you this week a question of how we make it better because A, we can't now, in a way, unless these new lads are in quarantine or wherever they are, <laughs> hidden in a room waiting to be okay or coming back. You know, there's a lot of that, which is, I mean, I must say, I think Lisa on a positive, I think you were mentioning the fullbacks the other day. Yeah, the fullbacks I thought were um, grew into the game really well. I thought Max Lowe was excellent yesterday. Um, and, you know, he's come in <laughs> like Christie did last season um, with a bit of a reputation, um, but he actually can cross a ball from day one. So that for me is a massive positive. And I thought Spence did really well, um, but he can't play against us on Wednesday. So um, we're, we're kind of back down to yeah, <laughs> who plays there then. <laughs> Shit. Well, do you know what? I also added a little sub-question there, Lisa, because I looked what my next one was for you and I thought, she ain't going to want to answer that. And it wasn't even because it was a Lisa question, but more, Steve will do it for you. <laughs> no, so, so if we're saying it isn't, we've, you know, and I kind of, you know, preempted that we discussed this in the way we did, it isn't all on Newton in lots of ways, because we will probably get a percentage around all of you where you think it lies and probably not all on the players. That leaves the owners and the board. Um, so when for you Steve did that honeymoon period die with the Greeks so uh, was it even with a highly regarded CEO as a bit of a buffer is that relationship beyond repair or what do you do with it because I mean it's a lot of the fans I mean I remember when sub subtext to it remember where the main question is here when I you know I started doing my songs and stuff against Fowers there was still a lot of people going shut the fuck up or you know whatever because it was like you don't know what you're doing they were scared that him going would leave us in crap which I know you could argue I'm never having it that Fowers is the same beast as this because that was just like a les incompetent for me. But it, now I still think there's a fear that people go, well, if he goes, whatever. But there's a lot of damage here, especially after the COVID period. There's such a disconnect. Yeah, that's a great word, disconnect. Um, you, you, you nailed it with that word. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not party to what goes on. And, and so I'd have to sort of speculate, which is a dangerous thing. But we can only, you know, piece together what we're not going to hunt you down steve you're safe <laughs> got a bakery they know where he sits there <laughs> yeah yeah nothing there because so, I mean, look it's, it's all very well easily going it's huton which you know i do think there's a lot of blame on the players not doing this but that's that's not let that just lie as well there's been a lot of craziness going on here outside the you know inside the club outside the, the pitch you know uh, here's, here's another thing i mean you say, would it be so dangerous? I'm not saying get rid of the board, or whatever, because I don't know the facts. But let's say, let's say we upset the owner and he backs up and goes. You know, it can be done. You know, Wimbledon uh, have done it, and look at the the fan base we've got and whatever. It can be done. You know, you can be a Phoenix Club, whatever. You wouldn't ever wish for that. But I think first and foremost, I always say NFFC. The the second F is football, not finance, not whatever. We're there to watch a sport and, and whether they, we all say it, whether they'll be playing on Lent and Rec, we go and watch them because it's our club. Mm. So I don't even think that people can cry wolf, you know, for, for too long uh, because the fans will always win. Um, I, I hope it ends acrimoniously and whatever, but... I, I, I don't think there's a... I've said this about players for a long time that, you know, people go, oh, he's shit or this and that. I still don't believe there's many players that go on that pitch thinking, I'm going to be bad. I still think there's the the proud mum and dad on the side in a lot of people's heads going, I'm going to, I'm going to show them how good I played, you know, and do that. I still probably, maybe I'm a bit too believing in people being genuinely good. And I think the same with the club. I, I don't think you buy a football club to go, let's just piss off the whole of Nottingham. 
I just don't think you do. I think you can forget about it a bit, and I think you can treat it a bit second class compared to your other main baby. I think you can, but compared, I think the thing that will always save the current owners is the absolute lunatic that was in charge before, who still nicked an FA Cup or whatever it was. You know, it's a bit like using, uh, someone used that phrase days ago about, don't, when you use Stalin as a moral, moral barometer, that's not a good thing. And it's a bit like Fowers when people go, it's not as bad as that. So again, Steve, I'm a bit like, well, before we started this and I was driving along and I was just thinking, is there a, a lot of the stuff we're going to discuss, it's almost like we're doing a group therapy rather than actually saying we can change it because we can't, because we will still bloody go. We will still go and see those things. We will still support. And that's yeah. that's where football's a weird sport because you're always going to be there. Yeah, it's funny because all the way through the Fowler's tenure, I went and we were getting crowds of, well, I don't know, 18, 19,000. Yeah. And so many people I knew were saying, you know, I'm not going, I'm boycotting it. And I had no problem with them whatsoever. I was like, you know what, if, if that's how you feel, I'm not going to sort of berate you for not going. You know, it's, it's personal choice. And you're right, you know, the majority will still go. It's a labour of love. Of course it is. And they've got us right in the in the soft beating bit in the middle of your chest. I'm going to move to some of the questions from uh, from Twitter. Uh, Joe, you ready for this one? Uh, yours, is, yours is a beautiful subject, mate. You're going to love it. Um, from, I love reading out these bits as well, at Ricky underscore NFFC. I do these bits just so that you can have a chat with them yourselves if you want to. Not trying to sell them down the river. Uh, what does Yates need to do to bring fans around? I saw the second half yesterday and thought he was decent, showing passion and a desire to get the ball forward and win. Yeah, I still see so much hate for the lad. I know one game doesn't make amends, but credit where credit's due, surely. Over to you, Jack. I like Yates. Um, there we go. Solid, <laughs> solid. Yeah, yeah, I like Yates, that's it. No, um, it, the problem with him, he's solid but never spectacular. Um, and I think people want him to be something that he's not. And that's why he gets a lot of stick. But he is a defensive midfielder. He's not there to make lumbusting runs and score goals from thirty yards out. He's he's there to win the ball back and shield the defence, which the I would play, argue. People argue he could play quite a few other places actually. Yeah, but I would argue that he does his job more often than not. We, obviously, we we concede goals and we've been we've not been winning, but as an individual performance, I don't think he's let himself down, and I don't. I think there's far more players that have deserved criticism more than Ryan Yates. Do you think it's a bit like, maybe to open to the two as well, because sometimes it might be one of these questions you guys go, actually, I want to say something on that. Is that, yeah, talk about Ryan Yates or Carvalho, they're always the fun ones. Do you know, like, I can't think of anyone in the world who I'm probably a bit ruder to at times than my sister, because she's close to me. You know, she, we've got the same parents and the same things we share. And it's been like, yeah, you know, I'm ruder to her often than anyone else on the planet. Do you think, all right, Ryan Yates being local, as much as we like to do our one of our own thing, is that we can give him a bit more crap because he's from where we're from or people... Stephen, Lisa, do you think it's versus like the exotic 15 million man or whatever it is? Do you think that's why... I mean, because we've discussed this before, Lisa, we we like 10 of the attitude of Ryan Yates, won't we? Yeah, and I don't think it's the one of... I don't, I don't even get it. I don't think it is the one of our own thing because if if he was playing somewhere else and you saw what you get from him every week somewhere else, and we said, all right, we're going to sign him for three million, you'd be happy about it. Um, but our fans just have to have somebody that's a scapegoat. You know, it's it was Colback a few weeks ago. It's been Carvalho. Um, and it was, it was Osborne. Um, you know, I, I don't get it because they are all very, very good at what they do. And if their job is to break up the play, get in somebody's face, but then be nice to the referee so they avoid the booking, 
that's what he does. And that is, you know, and he, and he will pull up with a goal or two every so often. He's not there to score the goals. He's there to assist and to stop the other team scoring. Um, and he does that. Um, and I don't get it. No, it's just always someone in there, I guess. Um, I'm going to move to uh, this one for you, Steve. This is from at Weaver Chweaver, which is a great name. Everyone could see the two Cardiff goals coming post half times onslaught. I mean, remember, these are these people's questions. I'm not putting this way. Uh, why didn't Hewton do anything to change it? Formational subs. What could he have done? Which I like as a little caveat at the end. Yeah, what could he have done? Um, We're going to put this one under the file of we just don't know anymore. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as everyone's alluded to, the, the, the sheer brawn and height of the, of the Cardiff side and then bringing on um, striker whose name escapes me. Um, what's his name? Oh, the Welsh. Um, God, I was saying his name all the time now. I can't believe remember his name. Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's only, we're not blessed with height in the side, but you've got to, if you're not blessed with height to, to deal with it aerially, then you, you've then got to stop the crosses getting in and the long balls getting in. And I noticed the team really pressed quite well first off. Did you notice... You're all about the body language, people playing for the side. People were throwing themselves. Oh, the McKenna, especially Worrell. Christ. Yeah, Worrell. And even different. up front, oh, yeah. you know, even up front, Taylor, although in my opinion, he had a poor game, he was chasing down the goalkeeper like a madman. Um, but it seemed to a man, they were playing for the manager and throwing their bodies on the line. You could say Worrell, McKenna, there were so many of them. <clears throat> but second off, that's kind of dissipated. But I, I digress. But yeah, I think to answer the question, if you can't deal with it, the aerial threat, then then you've you've got to stop the source. So mm. how he would have done that, I don't know. But that's that's what you do as a manager. You're right. We can't deal with it. Stop the balls getting in. There's um, a lot of that happening though in the Steve this season. There's a lot of times where I know that I don't know half as much as that man about football. He's played top level. He's a top coach. Which a lot of the thing that is aimed at Chris Hewton is he's a better coach than a manager. But there's no way I think I know better. But I'm there going. I've seen this before in this ground or with this team. Surely that's what you do to stop this. That's I think that's the frustration, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Again, we are a destroyer of worlds. I'm going to have that, mate, on the badge underneath that forest crest you've got on you there. Uh, Lisa, nice easy one for you from at David Joe two five one nine seven six seven. So that must be fun passing that on to people when you like. Hey, <laughs> well, it's who would replace him. Exactly. Oh, that's the million dollar question. But that's why I like that one because it wasn't. You know what I mean? Who who would replace him? Who would? Uh, the question is from David Joe. Too. Yeah, you do, you know the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think if Hewton were to go, we would replace him as we did previously with a unknown Sabri coach, not a manager, um, and a lot of the decisions would then be above his level, and he would be there to coach the players. Um, as for who it would be, you could pluck any name from the Greek. Portuguese, German, League. John Irish. Terry, is he Greek? Pardon? John Terry, is he Greek? Um, no, he's never. Not a chance in hell. Not a chance. Wilder, not a chance. Well, for me, managers that have got the, the championship experience, as it stands at the moment, must realise how much of a turmoil our club is in. Why would they take the job? Unless they're going to take it on the basis of, well, I might only be there for six months and then I'll get a really good payoff. That is a thing. It, co- it, it links in with what Steve was saying, and I love the destroyer of worlds. We are Thanos. It's 
there is an element of it where there must be other managers going, I know Chris, actually, he's a top coach. He, he works well with players. There's no way he leaves anything to chance. And mm, has he got, because it's not like football, however long he was out of the game, where football just changed. I know there was a time where we don't like to up fronts and stuff like that. But, and believe me, I am firmly in the camp now where I think he has to go. I think he is going to get us relegated. That is where I, and I'm mild. As I say, I always put myself as mild. I'm not an X, an XB pint, whatever it might be. I'm a mild and I and I can't see a way that this now gets better. There was a very good point made today um, in the fact that he has only got a contract till the end of this season. Right. So every game that we go ahead, that payoff gets less. Oh, I see. Because however, however, it would cost us more, surely, to be relegated than it would for us to sack him. This is what I tweeted about, because I, I just think overall, however much it might be to end that contract, and like people have got to remember, it's not always just the manager, is it, that can be staffed with them and stuff. Um, it's that you ultimately, for Forest, go down to League One, and it's not an easy get out, because all of a sudden we are European Cup winning Nottingham Forest when we're in League One, remember that, versus... We used to be like Russian and Diamonds. Well, they always used to mention us as the European Cup winners. It's it's not bloody easy, and it's it's not like we're a club that's going down with structure. You know, look at Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday are a bit in turmoil, but I think they just got got a good kick in on, on the weekend as well. Um, I'm going to come to one more here, really, on these bits, and then I'm going to try and have a bit more. Uh, I was going to say joviality, but I don't know if that's actually a word. Um, Steve, I'm coming at you again with this one here. You've seen some ups and downs. This it sounds like it was sent in by someone who knows you. Steve has seen some ups and downs. No, it's seen, it's seen some ups and lots of downs through the years. How does this period compare to other bad times? And if you think it's worse, why is it? And that is not meant to be, and I hope you understand, as morbid as it sounds. It's more of a reality check. That's a really good question. It's an excellent question Thanks. because, you know, over the last two decades or so, we have seen some horrific periods, you know, the Megson era and uh, um, obviously Fawaz and then now. But now is a strange one because, you know, we're not in any massive financial difficulty. There are more fans attending the games than, than when I started going in the mid-80s when we were successful. What was it down to then? So, so the attendance is then really, <clears throat> I don't know, Lisa, you'll probably back me up on there, but I think they're about uh, 23 max. The, the only, you know, like the sort of Manu Liverpool games, we get, bang, you get 35,000. I remember the, especially the Manu game, the, uh, the iconic one where everyone was climbing on the, the scoreboard and everything. But I think... The average was about 23, 20, I mean, you know, we were hitting 27 the other season. So, you know, it's not nothing to do with the crowds that have disappeared. It's a really strange one, but that's a great question because there have been so many disappointments over the last 20 years in so many different guises. But there lies the problem. You know, that's it's like global warming. You know, you, you say, oh, well, you know, record temperatures and if you look at the last 20 years it's just getting worse and worse and worse well that's that's forest we're we are global warming you think it's accumulative in a way that this has got to the stage where uh, do you know what i mean as well about that generational thing that you i still think the the old sweats as my dad would call them they'd seen the older older days will still just keep going anyway because it's always winning. but i think you are maybe it's to aim it towards you joe in a sense that you know uh, you are like much younger than me with it you know you're never going to give up with your club, but there must be a lot of people sort of your age who are going, you know, this is a... But then is there not a part of you going, but what is it like supporting Berry? Because that was always my thing. If I've got ill, I'd go, there's kids with hooks for hands. There probably isn't, but I tried to give it some level of reality versus what I was actually moaning about. 
I guess the question was, you're young, how crap is it for you? <laughs> well, it's just been a crap 12 years supporting Forest, hasn't it? Um, uh, but what keeps you going then with it then? Because it's, you know, there is easier. It, you know, growing up in Skeg, everyone's put bloody Liverpool, apart from me and the other lad who's put it Forest. Because as much as, uh, like, like Steve said earlier, that the second F in Forest stands for football, as much as you're going for the football, you're not, that's not the only reason you're there. Mm. there's people you go with each week that you don't see during the week and you probably don't like, know anything other than about them other than how you see them at the game it, it's things like that it's seeing it's going like I go with my cousin I don't really see him during the week but I'll go with the game and I go for away games it's an experience not just 90 minutes of football but then when you do it for so long it's almost a form of uh, abuse where it's like well, I'm going to mm. keep coming back to you you can hurt me as much as you want. I'm still, still going to keep coming back. Yeah. I'm madly in love with you, but I hate you at the same time. And you're 12 years in. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 years in, and these two have been a little bit, only a little bit longer than me, but it's like, you just do. And it's it's a weird, bizarre thing with it. Um, so actually, to tie that up quite nicely, we're going to talk about one of our, two things, really. First of all, the the weird world of the second team or the team you have a soft spot for. Uh, maybe just try and make us forget about Forest for a minute. But before that, we're going to talk about um, either a game that's memorable for whatever reason. Now, I'm going to be dour. I'm going to go with a bad one just because it sounds like something from Mr. Bean. And then I'm happy for you three to go with a game that just really meant a lot to you for maybe a better reason. Mine is that it was around the time when we had Derby in the FA Cup. Do you remember? We got a draw at their place and we had them at home and it was Commons and so, yeah, we all know what happened. Now for the replay, my dad had said to me, "Is you, but my birthday is always around the fourth round of the FA Cup. And he was like, I'll get tickets for that. We'll go Nottingham. I was like, yeah. And he, my dad, unfortunately, been through a kid's home in Nottingham. And he went, we'll go and see where that was and we'll have a look around. <laughs> Just before we got to the ground, we went to look at a former children's home in Nottingham, which, you know, this is all dark and there's people working in there. And I'm like, I'd not long had Crohn's disease. So I was really skinny and not very well. And I was like, I'll be all right, dad. I'll be all right. Go and see Forrest. Yeah. And then what happened? You know, Forrest, Chris, we, we, we were up, weren't we? And then Chris Commons got two and then it's Savage shaking that fucking flag around his head. And I just, I felt awful. I was so poorly and really not very well and cold. And I remember my dad went, happy birthday, son, or something like that. And I was like, that's the worst birthday present I've ever had. <laughs> because if you took it in the, the retrospective and go, you know, for your birthday, when you're really bad with that Crohn's disease, do you want to go and see Forrester get knocked out of the cup by Derby? And <laughs> that's the thing. You don't know what's going to come. But it, do you know what? It will always live with me. Because in lots of ways, it was me and my dad. And we're going to see them Reds. Uh, and we'll forget the other bit of it. But um, whoever's next, yeah, Lisa, you we'll get your finger up. Um, I just, I, I do because I want to talk about what you've just said as well. Um, in that that derby game itself, where Savage is there waving the waving the flag around his head, was because he wanted to de- to deflect from Commons. Um, and I heard that story earlier this season, um, and then thought, I hate Robbie Savage with a passion, but yeah. a great professional he actually was because he, he understood what was going on. And he 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 did deflect it. It's like that hatred for a Nottingham lad who had been through some real shit. Mm. Um, let's not make any bones about it. You know, their family had lost a baby, and they still got loads and loads of abuse. Um, and his hometown club didn't want him. That's that's where the story goes. Um, and Savage deflected it. Um, but one of the one of the um, the games for me that actually stands out in my head so so much. Um, is when we played Tottenham in the in the FA Cup and it got called off because of the snow. Um, and, yeah, yeah. and it's and it's always for me, it's always Tottenham games. It's really weird. There's there's 
there's two. One, when it was the old Trent End cow shed, um, where I'd gone into the ground and tripped over the steps and really hurt my ankle. Um, I actually damaged my ligaments, but stood and watched the game anyway. We won 2-1. It was horrendous. Got home, um, told my mum what I'd done, and she was like, well, we better go to A&E then. I'd actually come home via, like, past the QMC. Um, And, yeah, I ended up back at the hospital and then strapped up and and on crutches for four weeks. Um, So that that was... we got the win. (laughs) Joy. Remember who scored? Uh, No, I can't. I I honestly can't remember who scored, but, I I mean, it was the early 90s, wasn't it? That was, so... um, yeah, so at least um, not injury. Mine's to do with bowel issues. Uh, Joe, I've got to tell you the snow story. Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought we were there. I've got to tell you the snow story because it's not to do with the football. It was obviously the snow came down. It got to the point where you couldn't see anything, um, and they abandoned the game. So me and my then partner had to drive home in a little blue mini metro from um, the city ground, and I can remember driving down the road that um, in Highson Green. And the car just started to skid. And there were ladies of the night, shall we say, on the on the side of the road. And we almost knocked this lady over. And the, be- the best memory I have is me in the driving seat and my other half at the time leaning through the car, trying to actually straighten the car back up. And it was great. It sounds like Grand Theft Auto with the uh, you know, ladies <laughs> of the night. It's like just uh, the Nottingham edition, Grand Theft Nottingham. Uh, it's actually funny because before this, I was just talking to Joe about when I went to stay with my mate's nan in uh, in Bestwood. I was going, I can't remember where it was, but I remember there was a car on fire and he went, could be anywhere. And I went, Bestwood. And he went, hang. <laughs> now for the people of Bestwood, sorry, I've only been once, but it scared the shit out of me. Um, Joe, over to you. Game that I did make you feel good. Game that makes you remember something. Um, and if you dare pick Cardiff City at home on Sunday, you're off. <laughs> oh, it's slim, it's slim pickings for good memories for me. It's slim oh, come pickings. on, mate. You must have seen, um, I think, 12 years. What was your first game again? What year? Uh, 99. No, no, 2009. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, very slim pickings. Okay. Um, we've had a few good days, but it's always been mixed emotions. The Ipswich win on the last day. Yes. In the, that's mo- good in the moment, <laughs> in the moment, it was brilliant. And then you look back and you go, why were we in that mess in the first place? We should never have been there. But uh, it gave that a good, in the moment, it was a good feeling. Um, I thought yeah. you were going to ask me about games I've, I've hated and my answer would have been any trip to Reading away. <laughs> I won't go to Reading, Reading away. I just got a last minute ticket and went there and then people I was meant to be with weren't there. It's freezing and a car broke down. Yeah, I'm with you. Reading, no good memories of that. Actually, maybe Steve, Joe's just volleyed up a spike for you there of, this other one a sub question for you places you've been where it's never been nice but uh, Warsaw <laughs> Grimsby uh, Steve over to you what's your memory good bad or weird well I'm glad I'm last because we've had Cronesgate against Derby we've had running over brasses in the snow and and now we've got you know Joe's, Joe's kind of up the level now with the football career as a Forest fan never when he went when he went 2009 I went yeah but hold on League One oh fuck yeah that was after that <laughs> I didn't expect that. I really did. That's quite good. Um, I'm just going to be boring and just say, I think two in particular. I think 88, uh, we beat Liverpool 2-1. Neil Webb scored. One deflected, the other one a great goal. Uh, Liverpool went on to 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 win the league. Brilliant game. Um, we also missed a penalty. Took missed a penalty in the game. Could have put him outside. But... And then, of course, my first Wembley trip, which was 89 League Cup final against Luton. So... And that Tommy getting a pass, that pass. Forget the goals, 
that 70-yard crossfield pass. And, and I interviewed Tommy Gaynor and, about that, and he, I said to him, talk us through it. And it was like I was over in Ireland, and it was like this sort of like Q&A thing. Um, and I said, talk us through it. And he said, well, you know, took the ball down over the halfway line. He said, and then I looked up and I seen something that I've never seen in my life before. And he went, Neil Webb sprinting. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he said that was it that was the cue to just hit the ball to him he says there was only one chip, one time I'd seen him but yeah brilliant yeah how's your days my favourite bit of that Steve is when my first Wembley visit <laughs> I saw Joe just go what's Wembley <laughs> yeah. feel any better Joe I've only seen Forrest play at Wembley once and we were really boring against Man United and lost 1-0 I and mean, my mum and dad went you've got a choice this year ZDS final or League Cup final because it's how it used to be you could pick a couple of Wembleys with Forrest not to rub it in and I went yeah, League Cup, I think. Yeah. The ZDS was a cracking game. It's Scott Gemma with a scissor kick, and I'm there going, <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on from that, we're going to talk about your, uh, your, we have got a really rubbishy quiz at the end, so I'm going to keep that really, really brief. But your soft spot teams. So we'll open this up to you guys as well. I don't want to know about your seconds. Like, well, if Forrest went out of business, it'd be Chelsea, unless your dad used to own Chelsea or something. Then it's, it's kind of a, you know, a connected one in there as well. Cause um, I haven't got them with me now, but everyone put some great reasons why they should be signed for Forest when the transfer window was on. One's like, I once scored a hat trick um, <laughs> down at the Meadows. and we had some cups and cans. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to start with you. Lisa, I'll kick us off with it. That my, my choice in Skegness was really to either sports Skegness town, which I played for. So what can happen? Uh, Lincoln and Boston at the time, really in, you know, mid to late eighties, weren't really giving up much come and watch us. So it was my granddad staunch Wednesday night going, you're an owl. And then it was my uncle Paul, who was a bigger forest fan than me, been to all the European cup stuff going, well, your team's forest. It's your, you know, you're from Nottingham. And I'm like, never lived in either of these two places. And in the end, I chose Forest over Wednesday. But I went to the 1991 League Cup finals. My mum, back in those days, for those of you, uh, probably Joe's vintage and a little bit, maybe a little bit older, you could do things like write to ITV Sport and go, my granddad, my granddad, was at the 1966 FA Cup final where Wednesday lost to Everton. Apparently wore a black armband for like two weeks after because they'd lost an extra time. And he used to tell me stories like, and Wednesday were laid down on the floor a, a bit before extra time. And I'm going, you're showing them your beat Wednesday. You know, this wonderful, beautiful way of looking at football. Now, my mum wrote to ITV and went, the ITV Sport went, my dad was there in 66. Wednesday have made the League Cup final. I think they were championship, weren't they, at the time, Steve? If you remember, I'm looking at you. They were, yeah, they were. They, I think they were the last second tier team to win it. That's right. So they, they were, it was Rumbelow's Cup at the time and they were, you know, the league below Man United. Who obviously, they weren't the United we know, but they were still a bloody good side. And uh, they went, yeah, here's some tickets. So we went, me, my mum and my granddad to Wembley and my granddad's next to Bill Beaumont and I'm here and the, Terry Venables come around and some bloke, must have known we were playing him, I think, because I said to some steward, I'm a Forest fan. And he went, go and get Venables' autograph and tell him you've got him in the cup final. Or something. I don't know. I, I remember that, even though it sounds out of sync. And Venables ignored me. And I hated him after that. <laughs> uh, and obviously he got the, you know, whatever happened. But um, Wednesday always a soft spot. And Wednesday went on to win. And um, I must admit, in my time at uni at Sheffield, I always found that the people I hated most in Sheffield did seem to support Sheffield United. And Wednesday and us have always had, you know, my, my best mates are Wednesday finally. He says, yeah, we just don't mind for us, but we hate Derby. There does seem to be a weird unity in the way that city is with ours. So Sheffield Wednesday is my uh, very much my one. I'm going to go to you, Lisa, then Joe, then Steve, because uh, it's the same order I went before. Lisa, soft spot team? Um, my soft spot team, actually, I mean, obviously I'm a, I am live in Baseford, so Baseford, you oh, know, they're popular they? um, Charlie has been there since under nines, under tens. Um, so he's played a, a little bit in the under 18s at the minute and the academy doing doing good things there. 
Um, they've got a great little setup um, and uh, two leagues below Notts County as they stand. Wow. Um, a soft spot league team um, is actually West Ham. Leeds. I thought you said Leeds. They said league. G- not no. Leeds. League, league team is West Ham. Right. Um, and it, it actually stemmed from the uh, Tony Gale sending off in the FA Cup semi-final. I'm so glad I did this section. I never would have I felt ever really sorry it. for him. Gary Crosby used to be one of my favourite players. Right. Um, old Meat Meat Fly. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the the love for West Ham there was um, was born. And I always do kind of look out for their results to see how they're getting on. So because Forrest beat West Ham 4-0 in an FA Cup semi-final and one of their players got sent off, you had a, that's brilliant. This is why I love this bit. We want more of these from you guys if you're listening and send them to us. Uh, Joe, uh, if we had anyone sent off or anyone that has made you then not mind them or is it much more deep-seated than that? No, nothing deep, nothing deep. Um, I've, I've admired Lincoln for the last couple of years. Um, just their rise from conference and back-to-back promotions through to now League One and obviously unlucky not to get promoted last year in the playoffs. But I think that just looks like a proper club um, obviously they've had the Cowley brothers for a long time and they just played well the shit ass away from the FA Cup for a few games didn't they beating a few oppositions right. yeah. I, I remember Burnley and Brighton at home yeah they just you know, well, I, I found myself just rooting for them and I had no no affiliation with them no, like, no affection towards them I just thought yeah go on Lincoln um, I think I wouldn't mind seeing them get promoted to the Championship this season uh, so yeah I always look out for Lincoln Have you been to Sinsel Bank? I went um, for pre-season a couple of years ago. It was the pre-season schedule got released when O'Neill was there. There was like eight games, and then as soon as Lamouche came in, they halved it to four. So it was a twenty-threes game in the end. But I still had a ticket. It was like two quid, so I went for that. A nice little stadium. Because yeah, they they uh, before again. I'm, I do now officially feel old. So I'm going to say before your time, Forest nearly always used to play Lincoln. Um, in pre-season because I remember Darren Hooker be scoring a hell of a goal for them when he was he was with them and do you know what another random one I've just remembered uh, I'm, I always aim at Steve because I know Steve likes his old sort of like rootsy football stories from things we've spoke about there was a bloke who used to be the chairman of Forest uh, not Forest of um, Skate Town called Ken Brearley I think his name was and his brother was the chairman of Sheffield United so Sheffield United used to come down and play Skeg often pre-season. And when you look at it, you're going, that's madness. Because it was like Brian Dean and all them lot coming to play Skeg Town. And like people, it was classic. It was people like in the Borough Road Stadium, which is awful in Skeg. I think it's been flattened now. It's in a, it's in little. Um, but it's, those things are gone. And like I actually saw online, there was a, a program to a Forest versus Grimsby Town. I uh, know Forest versus Skeg Town. And it was the season... It was a pre-season before we won the league with Cluffy. And Forrest played Skegness Town in a friendly. And this programme I got for three quid, and it turned out it was for the Grimsby Town Supporters Club trying to raise money for Grimsby. And I felt awful they got it for three quid, but I didn't have any more money on me. But yeah, the, the little weird ones like that. It's, yeah, Forrest always used to be at Lincoln. Um, and Louth, they, another random one, if anyone remembers it, they played Louth, who were in Lincolnshire, when Bassett was manager, and we were just about to get promoted. They did a pre-season friendly like, in the season. Um, anyway, I've harped on enough. I've been uh, wondering who Steve will go with, but your soft spot, Steve. Um, it's foreign side. It's Olympic Marseille. Um, oh, I have such a penchant for them. Now I've I've just I disappeared off camera a second ago, and there's a reason for that. So I'm in my office. I've got all football memorabilia and everything. Now, Joe, I'm going to show you this. This is called a VHS. <laughs> now it's a VHS cassette. We used to put these in like VHS players, 
and you know way back when now this is my chris waddle doing it the french way marseille vhs and this was why i fell in love with marseille because chris waddle was the man i used to idolize him i used to watch all his moves as a winger left winger and i thought this guy is 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 the don so i started following marseille as a my foreign side i've been over to see him quite a few times been to see um marseille bpsg and lee classique now called lee classicals um and i've seen them loads of times and just like forest they're pretty shit um <laughs> and i've not i've never seen them win but it's just i just i fell in love with the club and it made my absolute year during lockdown because as you know for we were pulling out all our old football shirts from from the cupboards and everything yeah, yeah. and i found two of my marseille shirts from 91 and 93 the two european cup finals that was well yeah champions league final i think as it was renamed then. Um, did win one and it was the Red Star Belgrade thing? And did they get given yeah. cheatiness? Which added, was that right? Am I from Miss? It's uh, in 93 when Marseille won it, they beat Milan, AC Milan. But they, they said they, they, they were going to take the trophy off them. They never did. Um, it's because they made some illegal payments and things. Bernard Tappy, it's a long story. In the league, not in the Champions League. So they, they were allowed to keep the trophy in the end. But but yeah, I found two of the shirts and a friend who, who reads some of my blogs said, oh, I'm going to make Chris Waddles. He'll sign them for you. And I've got both my Marseille shirts signed. And, and here's one for you as well. To Steve, every shirt I get signed, I get to Steve because it's not going on eBay. It's not going, it's, it's mine. And that's mine for life, I know. Uh, and that is just, I, in fact, I saw them the other day. I was like, oh, Chris Waddle, to Steve, it just... You know what? I love that guy. So yeah, I, you know I've hopped on again, but Marseille, um, yeah, they're, they're my second love. Hey mate, I'm more than happy because do you know what? Halfway through this podcast, I thought we were all going to have to have some counselling together, and I felt much happier for talking about other teams and Sinsel Bank and Chris Waddle and seeing a VHS. It's made my day. I will say while we're talking about it because you'll kill me otherwise. Um, Football Kit Market is a place to go if you're looking for any old retro shirts or anything of the like, modern or retro. You know, anything's available from the. Uh, the wonderful uh, Alain Marche, as he's known in French. What time is it? It's time to do the quiz. Lisa will hate it, but it is what it is. It's time for the quiz. How are they going to do with this quiz time? Um, so before we go, uh, there are people who like hearing Lisa apparently not their answers to quizzes. It's not going to be a very long one. I'm just going to pick three questions each. Uh, I've got in front of me a content table, which has got one to 10 of different styles of questions. Uh, you'll know what they are when you pick one of them. But as there's three of you, three questions, you shouldn't all have the same number. So I'm going to start because you're at the top there, Joe. Pick a number between one to 10 for your, con for your um, subject, first of all. Six. You've got European Championship questions. Now, between one and ten, please, for your question. Four. Okay. Now, the, I thought this was the best way to do it because I knew we've got different disparities in what we knew and generations of football, and it's often difficult to know who know what. So, question four. Uh, he's only got three coming here, mate, so you can get a maximum of three points overall, and it could be a draw. With nine goals, who scored the most goals in a single European Championship tournament? And I'll tell you now, it's before your time. <laughs> oh dear now if uh, you, in fact I'm going to change it slightly on the fly I'm going to give you two points if you can get it and if I can't I'm going to do and open it up to the other two and whoever goes me 
and Lisa's shaking yeah. her head. I can, I'm not even looking at her in the corner right now. She's shaking her head. Uh, we'll uh, we'll give one point, but I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a. There'll be some uh, ticking going on in the background now for the, as a. Uh, who got He's got it. He's got two points. <laughs> well done. Uh, in which championship? Oh, no, Euro yeah. 84 it just seemed very apt <laughs> French after what Steve was just talking about with Le Marseille uh, Steve you're next uh, a number between 1 to 10 but you can't go for number 6 okay 2 you've got World Cup questions uh, question between 1 and 10 for your question please we'll go 1 where have been sorry <laughs> Reed. there have been two World Cup trophies oh god what was the name of the first Oh, wow. The Jules remake trophy. It's almost a bit horrible, isn't it, when you know and it's an obvious one, but it was yeah. the look of the draw. So, yeah, two. Another, another great prop in my office. There you go. Oh, mate. That's wonderful. Is that heavy? Um, it's, it's tacky. Could it be a weapon <laughs> if it was Cluder? That's how I would judge things. Lisa, uh, one to ten, and you can't have two or six. Eight, please. Which number, sorry? Eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bundesliga and German football quiz oh, yeah, you <laughs> right, number one to you, mate, one to ten. You might look, you might know. One to ten. One. <laughs> okay. With 365 goals, who holds the record for the top Bundesliga goal scorer of all time? Actually, it's not as hard as you think. Think of a German footballer who scored a shitload of goals. Klinsman. Anyone else for a point? Uh, go on. I saw Joe's hand. Joe? Closer. No, I'm afraid I can't offer it to you, Steve. It's good Muller. Oh, I've got a lot of the goals. Yeah, so that could have been a lot worse. So uh, I just when I saw the question, I nearly cried. At least I got one. Yeah, well, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, you knew one. You knew a German football. I love it. Uh back to you, Joe, for question two. So at the minute, just remember yours at the minute. Joe's on two, Steve's on two, and Lisa is gonna still win, I think. Right, so pick a number, mate, and I'll tell you if you've gone for it before. Ten miscellaneous football quiz questions this could be bloody anything now picture a number between one and ten please mate one in what league is the concept of a designated player a feature I wouldn't have got this can, can you elaborate <laughs> no I can, I can only read what nightmare question is in front of me in what league we can look this up afterwards is the is the concept of a designated player a feature um it seems crazy, so I'm just going to go Syria. See what's in there with Dick. No, open it up. Anyone want to fire one? No, it's the uh, MLS, which now sounds quite obvious. It's the American Major League Soccer. So I'm guessing it might be a you have to take a penalty, so we'll have to look that one up. Um, so you remain on two points, Mr. Corey. Pick a number between one to ten that hasn't been used. Um, seven. Seven. You've got true or false football quiz question. <laughs> Lisa's face like this is shit. Uh, one to <laughs> ten. Nodding. Um, nine, please. David Beckham took ballet lessons during his time at Manchester United in order to improve his agility. True or false? Oh, you know what? I'll go with true. I can't really offer it to anyone else, but it's false. David did not do that. Uh, so you remain on two. Lisa, your chance to get level. Pick a number, please. One's temp. Number three. Bizarre football quiz questions you've got. <laughs> Mate, honestly, <laughs> I love it. I just part of my best part of my week is Lisa doing quizzes. Uh, numbers one to ten, please, mate. Number nine. English rock star Elton John. Now, this could go one of two ways, couldn't it? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, was twice the owner of which football club? What? <laughs> Lisa, you got a question, right? <laughs> 
we go into the final round. Joe, uh, from what I can see, you can't have two, three, six, seven, or eight, but all ten. Uh, I love number five, please. Lovely. You've got Champions League questions. One to ten. I'll go five again. Which team was the first from the UK to win the European Cup as it was? Uh, Manchester United. Steve. Celtic. Yeah. 1967. Yeah, Steve gets a point. He gets himself. Lisbon Lions. Yeah, there you go. I thought he was going to jump in on that one. I'll go with a hand on the other one. If the person's got it wrong, you know it is. Just jump in. To be fair to Joe, who's only a year out, because Man U won it the next year. They did, and it was yeah. A lot of people forget about Celtic in this country, especially. So, uh, Steve, what number you going for, mate? Three. Uh, We've had that. It's bizarre football quiz questions. Uh, Oh, what we got left? One, four, four, four. Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi questions. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really want. One to ten. Um, eight. I think you win if you get this. Messi has won a record number of Ballon d'Ors. How many? Five. Six. Bollocks. Joe's like he just left the chat. <laughs> I don't even think the extra point would have helped someone with it anyway but Lisa your final question yeah he's won six uh, apparently which is awful isn't it Lisa do you want Premier League quiz questions or do you want what was the other one who am I <laughs> let's go for Premier League questions yeah do you remember that thing called the Premier League uh, one's ten number two number two ooh which player with 653 games has made the most Premier League appearances I love it when Steve Corey does that face where it's a thinking face. Because you know when you do quizzes and people think this is shit, I don't care, they do that. Steve always yeah, club, club clue. I like it. I can't win anyway. Can I give you a clue? A club clue. Well, um, if you don't get it, it's going to Joe because he's got his hand up because he's just been Googling it. Oh, I'm joking. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> a club clue. At one point, he played for West Brom. God, I hope that's right. You know, I was yeah. Steve Chet. Absolutely no clue. Joe? Gareth Barry. He did play for West Brom, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, there we go. It's Gareth Barry. Yeah, there you go. So uh, a winner is Steve, and uh, I think the others drew. Uh, well, no one really cares, but there you go. It's, it's the quiz bit. It's the bit to make you shout at your radio when you're listening. Uh, we've gone on, actually, you know, at one point I thought we were going to be dragging ourselves through hell talking about Forest, but we've just realised today, uh, I don't always sum up with the things we've learnt, um, there's a thing called a VHS that uh, Robbie Savage is probably a nicer guy than you think, although I can't really ever accept that, but I know where you're coming from. I'm trying to keep off the forest bit as much as possible. Yeah, Lisa uh, kills prostitutes. Yeah, Lisa lives <laughs> running over prostitutes in the Meadows or Center. Allegedly. Ryan's seen a flaming car in Bestwood. <laughs> this is a film right here, isn't it? Uh, but no, overall, guys, look, we uh, we feel it. We all know what you're feeling. And I think the fact that you've got um, people who like to think that they're eloquent and know what they're saying, just going. I don't know what to say. We are the destroyer of worlds. We are Nottingham Forest. We've been to Europe. We won the cup twice. Uh, Until next time, thank you very much for joining me, everyone, and goodbye.